That game last night, 117-108. The Celtics beat the Raptors. Kyrie Irving had 18 assists in that game for Boston. And then everybody's talking about what he had to say after the game. Two years ago, promises is all I heard. Wait a minute, let me finish. Two years ago, promises is all I heard. Out of your mouth. You know, I, I tell you one thing, and obviously this is something that um, it was a big deal for me because I had to uh, call Bron, you know, and tell him like, you know, I apologize for being that young player that wanted to everything at his, you know, at his fingertips, and I wanted everything to uh, be at, you know, my threshold. I wanted to be the guy that led us to championship. I wanted to be the leader. I wanted to be all that, and you know, the responsibility of being the best player in the world and leading a team. It's something that's not meant for many people. And Brown was one of those guys that came to Cleveland and tried to really show us what it's like to win a championship. And it was hard for him. And uh, sometimes getting the most out of the group, it's not the easiest thing in the world. And um, I think what that brought me back to is like, all right, how do I get the best out of this group of the success they had last year? And then helping them realize what it takes to win a championship. I don't know if Kyrie is Sparkle and LeBron is R. Kelly or vice versa, but the whole time before Kyrie's comments, I thought of this song. But I mean, I'm probably even watching too much Surviving R. Kelly. <laughs> Are um, you even allowed to play it now? I did feel very conflicted because I'm the first person to say, and we've had this conversation. We as Tim McAuliffe, who is joining me on this episode of Free Association. Sorry, I made myself feel at home immediately. No, is... you, you are at home. <laughs> um, I, I'm the first to say, man, I, I can't be listening to Chris Brown. And furthermore, I don't understand how girls are listening to him in clubs and singing his songs. And R. Kelly is in that conversation. But it was too fitting, so I broke my own rule. Because I feel <laughs> it like... It is very fitting. I couldn't believe how fitting it was as I listened to the lyrics one more time yeah, again. two years ago. <laughs> two years ago. Um, you better be careful what you say to me, because it might turn around on you. So, I actually Googled when they won the finals, just to make sure in my head. <laughs> how many years ago was that? Well, I guess it's three years ago, but Yes, whatever. but Kyrie leaving is right. kind of, you know, two years ago. <laughs> um, I would love, in that, that era that we had... Like late 90s, early 2000s was role play R&B. I would love if like so many of our sports scenes were played out in like role play R&B. Like Damar was like to Masai, two years ago, <laughs> didn't know you had trade talks. Wait a minute, let me finish. And Masai's like, two years ago, didn't know you had any interest in not playing any D. When I gave you that max contract. Or shooting 33. <laughs> There's no 3 and D in your game. <laughs> You're a modern day swing man. Anyways, not why <laughs> I have you here to sing to you. You're a modern day swing man. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. Is Kyrie not just becoming the person that he tried to get away from? And is this Ugh. even cyclical because did LeBron not become the person he got away from in Pat Riley? 
Like LeBron was upset that Riley had these strict rules and he would talk through the media and he and all of clutch went to Cleveland then realized, man, well actually structure is kind of important when you want to win a championship. Like mm-hmm. doing things excellent is not enough. You have to do them excellently with consistency and that's how you become great. Let me provide the backstory to this for the listeners. Donovan and I have disagreed for going on a decade on similar stories like this one. And I will just respond to all of it by saying attention is a hell of a drug. Okay. All right. Okay. Attention is a hell of a drug. And LeBron James loves his attention. And LeBron James seeking out of attention may be one of his flaws. But he's so good that he can repair it in many ways, shapes, and forms. But what you're describing there, when it comes to LeBron James at least, is could he have banked on the experience of Pat Riley and his championship after championship after championship? Or would LeBron James, who is, and I will say this, is one of the smartest in-game players, around-game players, businessman within the game players that I've ever seen in my life, he still can't grasp it all. Nobody can. Collectively, we are always better than the one, but along the way, he has constantly thought that he knew more. When Mickey Arison said, I'm not paying luxury tax, he said, well, that guy who wrote the letter in Comic Sans will pay a luxury tax, so let me go back to that guy. And then when he went back to that guy, he realized, oh, bleep, I can get one here, but I'm not going to get a ton because this thing's still broken here. Like he is learning along the way. And Kyrie just did the exact same thing where he thought he knew at one point in time. And as he went along, he realized, oh, bleep, either I didn't or I'm going to act like I didn't so that the narrative that gets me the attention, which is the hell of a drug, will give me the attention in this moment. There's so many levels of this that near disgust me, but I completely understand. And I don't even know where to, like this podcast could be four and a half hours. And I don't think that I could get through all of it because I think that a lot of these guys are just seeking out attention. Is attention the hell of a drug or is control the hell of a drug? See, control is when you're giving them a little bit more credit than it's just attention that I deserve. Right? Like I agree with you and it might be, I'm not saying it isn't. However, I believe that you're giving him more credit than at this point he deserves because it's two days after he ripped his teammates in the media that he comes up with this narrative that I called LeBron. What I would love to hear is LeBron James just go out and say, I haven't heard from the mother. <laughs> right? Yeah, here's Would my, it surprise you right now? We don't know. call log. Yeah. We do know... Kyrie sec- did not call me. Imagine. Uh, first take would just explode. <laughs> oh, that's exactly- it would just explode. We do know that he did call from a secondary source because in this... Like, you can't write this. This is amazing. Do you know who was with LeBron when Kyrie called? Uh, some sort of camera. No. That, I mean, probably. <laughs> we'll see that in... Because, uh, like I said, attention in, is a hell of a drug. In the still more than an athlete doc in two years. <laughs> yes. The when he calls who's- himself the GOAT after Kyrie hit a shot. Which, you, you talked about how smart he is. Like, <laughs> yeah. That was all about content. Oh, my God, That was, was. all about yes. SEO. Yes. LeBron, GOAT, MJ. Like, everyone's clicking on it. Oh. I honestly don't believe that he believes that. I think he believes that it's good content. 
again, you're giving him a lot of credit that I'm not sure that I want to give him. But I will say, again, he is the smartest athlete when it comes to this kind of stuff that I've ever seen. Right. Do you know who was Tell with me. LeBron? Tell me. Kevin Bartholomew Love. And that's not his middle name. Of course, Kevin Love was eating in an Italian restaurant with LeBron. Cavs recently you can't make this played the Lakers. Up. So the story goes, LeBron shows Kevin Love the phone with the caller ID, Kyrie Irving. And he's like, I wonder what he wants. And then he answers it. And then they have that conversation where he apologizes, I suppose, because he is now the old guy frustrated with the young guys. He's no longer that young guy who wants his, right? And so... Now Kyrie's feeling a certain way because all of the young, talented guys on the Celtics just don't want to be in the background of an Uncle Drew commercial. They actually want to contribute. And they're like, hey, you know, guess what, jerk? We got to the Eastern Conference Finals without you. Oh, and by the way, in the pivotal game, you weren't on the bench with us. Remember that? So don't lecture us. And certainly don't lecture us in front of the media. Kevin Love was at that dinner. And... I imagine... That's too good to be true. It's almost too good to be true. I imagine Kevin Love just thinking, you guys are both friggin' jerks. You know that? <laughs> you guys are both For jerks. Real. Like, I'm stuck on this garbage team because you guys couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And I was always the one that was blamed. Kyrie, you felt and, upset. And I was the I, one that gave the most of my game Yes. in order for it to work. Yes. And you two female dogs... And let's remember, you traded for me. You traded yeah. for me. I had my own team. It wasn't yeah. very good. Keep but I had Wiggins. My own team. Keep Wiggins. Leave me alone. Yeah. And I believe part. Sorry, I'm going to get distracted because this is all so good. But I believe that Kevin Love is the reason why LeBron James will struggle to get the person to the Lakers. A lot of people and Paul George may have already done this already. Hmm. I don't want to be Kevin Love. I don't want to be the guy who was doing 25 and 15 and turn it into 17 and 7 and stand in a corner and shoot because that doesn't fit LeBron's game unless I already stand in a corner and shoot. Right. And it's funny because I thought... That was Channing Fry. I, I thought Kyrie Irving was going to be the reason because people are like, well, man, he was at the mountaintop. They were competing for championships. I mean, they were in the finals competing as best they could, but they got one. Mm -hmm. Kyrie hit the shot. He was a made man in Cleveland and if he chose to leave to get away from LeBron, well, then what are the other stars going to think? And in this younger generation of stars, a lot of them are cool with Kyrie. They're friends with him. So you think, all right, he's the guy I'm going to believe. But now Kyrie quickly has become the old guy in the room in reference to the young guys with the Celtics. Uh, Donovan was speaking and I went into my bag and I carry a book around me that, has, story. that has quotes in the book. And Donovan has seen the book before. I'm going to slide over the book. I've opened it to a page. I want you to read on the left side of that page. There is a highlight mark and a circle around the highlight mark. Can you read the quote? Uh, okay, got it. I want uh, you to read the quote that has been circled for you okay. uh, at this juncture couple, in time. This is the difference between me and you because I have a notes section of my iPhone where I keep everything. My guy has a legit book where the bindings are like, Screaming for dear life. This is it's like the, buttons on Sixero's shirt. Yes. No, it's like They're my grandfather's King James Bible <laughs> that he still will not get rid of after all this time. Anyways, it says in youth, we learn in age. We understand again in youth. We learn in age. We understand. Well, what's the other quote? that's probably in, uh, in the Philippians section of this book. Um, <laughs> age is 
No, wait. Age ain't nothing but a number? No, not that one. Not that one. <laughs> no. Youth is wasted on the young? Is that, is yeah. that how it goes? Yeah. Or something along those lines? I believe that's how you say it. Yeah. Age ain't nothing but a number. <laughs> who is that? It was a similar time. Anyways. Uh, uh, you know who age is a number for? It's more than a number for? Kyle Lowry. And I bring him up to say that as much as I think Kyrie Irving is is problematic from a leadership standpoint or lack thereof, he still, for whatever reason, gives this team, the Raptors, the team in this country, the business. We saw it uh, in the recent game against the Raptors where he went off for 18 assists. 18 assists. Now, some of that is inflated because guys like Harden, Westbrook, and Kyrie have huge assist numbers. Well, it's just them with the ball in their hands the entire time, and they either take a shot or they give it to someone at the end of the shot clock. We have no choice but to shoot, so right. it's going to be an assist an for a miss. Assist, yeah. But his previous time, he's against the Raptors, dropped 43. And as much as I don't know if Kyrie Irving can be the best player on a championship team, because I'm not sure. Like I feel like the best player in, in the East is still... Kawhi I also am not sure and again this takes me back to what if anything do we know about this team I'm also not sure if the Raptors can deal with him in a seven game series as as the Raptors as presently constituted and that comes down to well they're supposed to have an all-star point guard too it's funny because I went back and I looked at the finals that the Cleveland Cavaliers won to see Kyrie Irving's numbers because I remember them to be big. Mm -hmm. I remember them to be awesome. And I wondered if, in fact, he carried more than LeBron did. And the answer was no, he did not, even though he hit a huge shot. Like, I feel like there is not a better creator of his own shot in the NBA. Listen, Harden gets his shot off. And we see it repeatedly, but it also helps that he gets to the free throw line. And if he doesn't get the foul calls, then it affects his ability to get his shot off. Like Kyrie's creation of his own shot is maybe unmatched in the end. Russell Westbrook, like guys who can just create something out of nothing. I would put Kyrie because of his handles, because of his ability to step back and his quick release and his everything like he is an unbelievable talent i don't know that he's a leader is my answer i don't know that he'll be able to say hey team get on my back although he did against the raptors and in that final six minutes and 44 seconds of the fourth quarter he had 10 points and six assists he did that can he do that every game is going to be the question until he does that every game and that is the difference between good and great right the consistency to be able to do that at the drop of a hat or when it's needed the absolute most. And the only guys that we've seen do that in the last little while are LeBron James and a member of the Warriors at any given juncture. And can he get to a level where he is so great on the court that it overcomes the fact that he's not a great leader? I don't think Kobe Bryant was ever a good leader. I don't even know if LeBron's a good leader. Right. Yeah. Right. But he's this that great. Yes. And so can Kyrie get to that level? And funny enough, Kyrie's mentor in many ways is Kobe. And so he has a little bit of Kobe in him, a little bit of LeBron in him. It's funny. All of those guys that you're talking about, like, sought it. Like, they were thirsty. They all sought out attention. See, but... Every one of them. But all of the guys also... I thought it was just your generation, but it's not. Kobe did, too. And they're all actually different generation. What do they have in common? They're one and done or none and done. They're all super young. And so when I look at... And 
I'll throw Kevin Durant in this conversation. I think he's a great big game player, but I don't think he's necessarily a leader. I wonder how much. And, he's and, thirsty too. Yes, no, no question. I wonder how much, and I hate the oh, back in my day we did things this way, old school, right? There's different ways to. No, to but you learn. It. This but, is what, this but, is my beef, though. I agree with you because why is college important, right? Even though it's a modern day, yeah, we slave it. plantation or sweatshop. Right. At some point, you are no longer the freshman. You're a sophomore. You got a little bit more responsibility. You're playing a little bit more. Then your junior season, you've got a leadership role, and you're a senior. You are the leader. You right. are a coach on the floor. You learn to lead over time, but you also learn roles. You also learn to be the guy that sacrifices, the guy who's getting hype on the bench, picking guys up. And so when I look at the ultimate leaders in the game, a guy like Steph Curry, mm-hmm. a guy like Draymond Green, even in a bad way, like he leads sometimes to a detriment because he's trying to impose his will and get his team playing a certain way. Those guys are guys who were in college for more than one year. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder how much of that plays a part where you have, and again, I'm I'm not hating on AAU culture because that's kind of cliche to do. But if you're always playing AAU, everyone is always the same age. And so the role definition of you're a younger guy, right, usually is, you're an older guy, some of that comes to the forefront, but the role definition of I'm going to sacrifice for the couple of years, but I'm also going to be the leader and the guy that people lean on for a couple of years. That never happens. It's no. just you're a great player or you're a bench warmer who is hoping to get seen because of the shine of the great players. But the other part about AAU and the reason why people point to it is because there's no real team. Like you want your team to do okay. But the whole point of AAU is to get your shine yes. and make sure that you are seen. And so oftentimes the idea of an entire team falls to the waist. In fact, more times than not. But when you play major college basketball or you do what Steph did, and I don't even know if that's major college basketball. <laughs> but if you have a Max Paul Gosselin, shout out Max Paul, shout out Montreal, mm-hmm. on your Davidson team, mm-hmm. you realize this is his moment. And it's not about him getting his shine because he's never going to play in the NBA. Right. But he's going to be on this huge stage where he can play a massive role. And if you are intelligent enough, you pick up on these things. So you're bang on. This is the in youth we learn, in age we understand. Like, all of these things matter. And all of these situations matter. There's only a few guys that could ever have their talent overcome these things. But we all know that even in Kobe's greatness... He could have won a lot more had he not been Black Mamba, right? Right. Like, like we can all look back, even if you love Kobe Bryant, you can look back and go, ah, oh, bleep, like that guy could have had a couple more titles. See, and if he had a coexisted with Shaq, it would have been ridiculousness. Of, of course. But the thing is, Kobe truthers love Kobe because of the Mamba mentality. They love Kobe because he crushed Smush Parker. Right. But Steph Curry would say, well, no, I'm not going to crush Quinn Cook because I'm going to need Quinn Cook. Right. But but at- that's what makes the Warriors great. Yes. Right? Like yes. that mentality allows the Warriors to exist. Yes. And exist within bringing others in as well. That's why KD went there. Right. Because he was with another one of those selfish, thirsty <laughs> dudes in OKC, didn't want to be a part of it, and went to the team that was going to help him. And how many years did, he, did Westbrook spend in college? Same with Boogie. 
Right. UCLA. Like, Boogie looks at this and goes, I've been in Sacramento all this time. Look at these guys. Fighting with Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> imagine, <laughs> imagine if they were on the same page. <laughs> and Steph got that training, that home training, at Davidson where, you know, there's a walk-on guy that he's going to need. Right. I'm going to need this guy to set a good screen for me to get open and get my shot off against Georgetown in the Sweet 16. Right, so he has that relationship, so that he builds up a Festus Azili, mm-hmm. he builds up a Quinn Cook, a Ian Clark, because he knows he's going to need those guys to win championships. But but also because he knows it's probably the right thing to do. Right, but like all of them are like set. that. All of them are like even Andre Iguodala. Yeah. Right, in youth we learn, in age we understand. He's in Philadelphia. He's an all star. He's a big time guy, but he knows he's not good enough to actually win anything. Goes to Golden State and goes, Yeah, I'll be the sixth guy. Right. And that takes, listen, there's no, not one way to, to win, but I think what we're seeing right now is a bunch of guys who think I can be LeBron and in reality, there's only one LeBron or I can be MJ and in reality, there's only two, right? We've only seen two, like even Wilt Chamberlain, right? Mm-hmm. Like he got outplayed by the team more often and my guy was putting up ridiculous 50 and 20 yeah right and bill russell got the best of them why and this is the in youth we learn in age we understand and this generation like as i'm talking i want to put pin it on this generation but i think it's just guys mm-hmm. like i want to say that this instagram culture of needing and wanting likes and constantly like literally instagram is a competition of attention right it is like it, at its base Everyone is trying to get the most likes and all these people are trying to economize, to monify mm-hmm. uh, what they're doing on Instagram. And you might be one of them. So I, I'm not, you know, casting aspersions, but that's what Instagram is. And the NBA likes it. But in my mind, boys want attention. Men want respect. And as we circle around all of this, all we're talking about is who gets our respect and there's very few who do it alone. It is generational, right? So Wilt certainly wanted attention. I mean, he loved to flaunt the amount of things yeah. he did off the court. Mm-hmm. Russell was all about rings. But they both could win, but certainly Russell won with more consistency at a higher level. And thus, over time, we respect him more. Even though if you look at Wilt's numbers, they're stupid. Right. They're stupid. And if we, but hold on, Will got respect from some types of people. Yeah, certainly, certainly. <laughs> he had a mama a mentality lot, in a different way. There are a lot of people who, if you looked at Bill and Wilt's life and said, which one do you want? A lot of people would point to Wilt. Yeah, but I, I mean, <laughs> I haven't read a 538 column about it, but the, the math is skewed. Like the analytics, yeah, no. my guy never, ever slept, no, but there's, basically, but there's is no, what he wants us to believe. But there's no denying that there was a number. That he got his numbers up. Yeah, yeah. And they might have been as insane as the ones on the court. Yeah, he was playing at a high pace. <laughs> yeah. um, but if you apply that to this generation, it is the Even difference his of... his effective field goal percentage <laughs> was good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, as uh, a friend of ours and Sportsnet co-worker said about, you know, Allen Iverson and other things in life, you know, every shot's a good shot. <laughs> um, but even in, in this new generation, if you look at, well, well Shaq is our version of, of Wilt in a way, and Duncan is probably our version of Russell, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Duncan got everything out of his talent, everything out of his scenario with the Spurs. And Shaq, I mean, he won rings and he had a great career, but we all feel like there was some meat on the bone. Right. Like, whether it's in his Lakers situation or just in general. The fact that Shaq played for half the league 
and Duncan played for one team, I think is telling and it's part of their legacy. So as we break down life here on Free Association, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> are we saying that there's no one way, however, one way might be easier and the easier way might be with respect and without attempting to be the guy who overcomes all with talent because there aren't many of those. Right. It's law of averages, right? right. Like we were talking about, you know, probability. What is the most probable way to win big? I mean, you may have a unicorn. You may have someone who their talent can overcome the culture, but ultimately culture and having both internal respect from your teammates, but also building them up. So they're feeling good about themselves ultimately over time. I mean, what organization would you like to talk about? The New England Patriots, the San Antonio Spurs, Detroit Red Wings, Detroit Red Wings, right? Like time, yeah. the dynasties over time, it's because of they have built the collectively, collective. yeah. right? And it's something that the Raptors went through too, right? Like I'm sure Masai Ujiri has gone through. Listen, I sometimes research my own stats. I find some fun in trying to quantify greatness or trying to quantify how you build teams. And the one that I got both Masai Ujiri and Dwayne Casey on in an interview was since 1979 when the Supersonics won Slick Watts, Lenny Wilkins, back in the day. Only two teams have won an NBA championship without an MVP either on their roster or soon-to-be MVP on their roster. League MVP you're talking about. League MVP, best player in the Only two teams have won without one of those. The Detroit Pistons. And the Detroit Pistons. <laughs> and That's you think amazing. about the first Detroit Pistons. <laughs> That's amazing. It was Isaiah Thomas, who was pretty damn close to being yeah. an MVP, but he wasn't. Sure. And then, of course, the five all-star, Rip Hamilton, Chauncey yes. Billups team. But the anomaly is not having an MVP on your roster and winning the title. The anomaly is not having the MVP. And so as we talk about all this, you still have to have that one guy. As we look at the Raptors, like I feel, and, and maybe we would have to watch the tape again, I feel like I stopped both Dwayne Casey and Masai Ujiri in their tracks when I gave them that stat. Like when I threw that out there, they were like, ah, well, you know, we'll have to do it in the style of the Detroit Pistons. And for years they did that. And now with Kawhi, who, lo and behold, might be an MVP, although it will be a very crowded race. He in the future could be an MVP. To me, it's like what we're talking about here is like minute fractions. Yeah. And Kawhi, he was a finals MVP. Mm -hmm. He was top three in the MVP voting. And I actually think he should have won. 2016-17, he was third. And I think he should have won. Was that the was the Westbrook here. That yeah. was Westbrook. Westbrook, where, Harden, Leonard. Okay. Where Westbrook basically averages triple double, and mm-hmm. you have to give it to him. Yeah. Rather than saying, "Well, Westbrook had a big numbers in these counting stats categories when his team was boxing out free throws so he could get the rebound," <laughs> Kawhi was actually impactful on both ends of the floor. Like his offensive numbers weren't that far away from Harden's and Westbrook's. Oh, and by the way, he's arguably the best defender in the league. And those guys are minus defenders. Westbrook, when he wants to be, can be a defender. When he wants to be. Yeah. When we look at this team, though, 
I mean, I don't think Kawhi is going to win MVP this year. No. Harden's going to do that. Barring injury or just exhaustion, yeah. it'll become Harden. But it'll be like Harden, Giannis. Uh, like, I would put Joker in that. Like, Yeah, this year's crazy because Steph's numbers are close to when he won his unanimous year and he has KD on his team. Like, when you look at the defensive metrics of Embiid, even though his team's not as good, like, he's in that conversation. Giannis, yeah. to me, I thought was going to run away with it, but then Harden said, don't forget about me. This year is crazy, but do they have this nucleus? We know who their best player is, right? And so let, let's even, if we say, okay, Kawhi, if not winning an MVP this year, he, we could see a pathway for him to win one at some point. I don't know who the the Robin is to, to help Batman? him. It's, it's got to be Kyle Lowry. But is it, though? Well, we haven't seen that as of yet, and that's even not enough. You're going to need a third and that's where I thought the beauty of the Raptors was going to be. Okay, Siakam has grown into this guy. Danny Green, while disappearing four times, can also be a guy who could score 24 for you in a playoff game and steal a game. But without a doubt, and listen, in my notes for this podcast, I wrote down just me or is Kyle Lowry being a little bit too passive right now? It's tough to watch. But you know, I know, Every Raptor fan knows when Kyle is playing well, that's when this team is at its best. Yes, the, all of the metrics still say that, still love him, even though he's playing so passive. And we had a crazy night in no, the No, but I'm not talking about, like, the start of the year when he's got, like, 14 assists and he's still trying to figure things out. Like, I think you're beyond the figuring things out stage. Like, I'm talking about 10 shots against the Celtics. Well, like, why is he taking 10 shots? But also, why did he take shot with 23 seconds left on the shot clock when Kawhi has it going. And I think part of it is those guys trying to figure out how they play off of each other because they don't really. It's your turn, my turn. Mm -hmm. But I just look at Kyle. We, we had a crazy night in the NBA. We're, we're taping this Thursday morning. James Harden went off for 58 points. Mm -hmm. Curry went off for 41. 41. Yeah. Kyrie, 28 with 18 assists. Mm -hmm. Kyle, not a great night. 34 minutes, 10.6 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 for 10 from the floor shooting. Everyone's going to have a bad night. On the year, his PR is 17.5. That's below his career average of 18.5. My guy's averaging 13.9 points. He's shooting 31% from 3. He's I, also averaging the lowest amount of shots that he has until the, since the first year that he joined the Raptors and he wasn't really a starter. Yeah, and so all people say, well, Kawhi's here. But actually, Kawhi's usage is almost to the number exactly the same as DeMar's. So it's not like there's an issue with with having a, only one ball to go around. Now, is it because he's hurt? Is it because he feels some type of way because DeMar's not here and Kawhi's here? Or is it father time? Is it that cliff that running backs just hit and they're no longer the same person? And that outside of Stockton and Nash, point guards in their 30s haven't been prolific, specifically small point guards it, that you can't move to the two. If he was shooting more than he is shooting, I would lean towards what you're saying about age catching up with Kyle Lowry. But it's not beyond him to prove a point, is it? Like, I'm not trying to stir the pot, but we have seen him do this before. This is Kobe versus the Suns? It's not Kobe versus the Suns because you can see at points in time when Kyle's competitive fire lights up 
and he does things that he would do in the past. But you can't just turn it on unless you are maybe Kobe and LeBron. And that's proof in the last two games for the Raptors. Three of ten against Boston. You get into a game and you're like, oh, crap, let's win this game because I'm competitive. Or against Washington. Mm -hmm. Right? And the best two games of Kyle's year were with Kawhi out of the lineup. Against the Warriors. And against the Clippers. Yeah. Right? Two in a row, he looks like he is the all-star of old. And then against the Wiz, he's like, ah, crap, this is a game. And I don't mind him facilitating for most of that game. But he goes, ah, crap, this is a game. I got to shoot now, and he's 4 of 15. Or he's 3 of 10 versus the Celtics. I think he has to be involved the entire time. And I'm not seeing that from him for some reason. It could be because he's trying to facilitate. But now you're 40 games into the season. Forget about that. Like, start figuring out what you are in the playoffs. See, to me... And that would worry me if I was a Raptor fan. See, to me... It's got to be health and or age. Really? Make a cocktail and decide how much percentage of one or the other. Cause to so me, the, back injury the, the is thing. why you're three of 10 or five of 15 or four of 15 or whatever the hell I was talking about. This is a guy who's turning 33 in March. But then how do you explain the Clippers game or the Warriors game? Where yeah, he looks good. like he's unbelievable again. The back injections hit the right spot that morning. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't. Yeah. First of all, it's one thing if you have an, a knee or an ankle, a contact injury or a sprain. A back, for the most part, I'm not a doctor, but I'll play one on a podcast. A back is a symptom of other things, right? Like your system is stressed in other ways. Yeah. And thus, the middle of your body that has to hold it together, the core, the back, it's where you feel it. You have to get on a flight and go to New York to get injections. To me, that's a level of seriousness that says to me, well, this is not just a normal run-of-the-mill thing. Because you're right. I would like to see more usage from him. I would like to see him more aggressive. But I also would like to see him standing upright at the end of the season. Yeah. And, and even your Nash ended that way, right? With yeah. Back problems lying on the end of the court a la Larry Bird. So we have this conversation not to, to pick on Kyle or to try and diagnose him from afar, but to say this season to this point, I think has been a success. Working in without a doubt. couple new players. Without a doubt. New coach. Even with the struggles of the bench, even with what bench? injuries. There has to be a bench to struggle. You know that there are people on that bench that could play better or yes. have played better in the past right? Uh, that aren't playing as well as they could. Even with all that, you still have to call this season a success thus far, knowing full well that it's all about being at your best in the postseason. And that's why I go back to – listen, C.J. Miles – I don't know what the hell you do with CJ. Like the revelations for me this year thus far are the bench needs to be better. Kyle needs to be better. And Raptor fans who didn't believe that Jonas Valanciunas was valuable to this team now have to eat their words because a game like Boston's, he could have made a massive difference. There have been a couple games where, you know, the San Antonio game where they get run out the gym. Aldridge starts all that by dominating Serge Ibaka. Right. And surge career high in, in usage rate, but we see late in game, especially since JV is hurt, he was owned by Horford late in the game, even though when you look over the course of four quarters, the numbers are similar, but in crunch time, surge doesn't have that en- energy, that lift in his legs. The season has been a success, so I don't necessarily want to have a, a negative outlook, but all of this has to lead to something, right? The 5,000-foot view of this team is, what do we know about it? We know that they have to have all of their pieces playing at a high level to have any 
sort of success in the postseason. That's what we have learned. But have we, at one point, because Kyle started the season you on seen it all fire. Year. We haven't seen it. No. Right? So have you seen anything in this team, throw the record out, that says, okay, yeah, they should be favored over Milwaukee or Philly or Boston. Oh, yeah, you know what? They could get a game from the Warriors in, in the playoffs. Like, what do you need to see to feel good about it? Because they could win 60 games, 62, 63, 64. But I don't think you haven't seen that either. Like, I see what you're saying. You haven't seen them. But the results that they're getting thus far suggest to me that they are as good or better than any of the teams that you mentioned, save for the Warriors. And even with the Warriors, when you see the growth of a Pascal Siakam, when you see Kawhi Leonard switching from a Kyrie Irving to an Al Horford, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that kind of – when you see stops late in the game <laughs> – Mind blown. Stops late in a game. Steals when you need them defensively to lead to. I think Jack Armstrong got this team right. And I love Jack. He's on another network, but I'm going to give him the credit for this. When they are defending well and getting buckets in transition, they're a really good team. You stop them into a half-court set by scoring against them, and they don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. To me, that encapsulated this team. And it'll be interesting to see because Kyle Lowry in that half-court offense can save them a little bit. And if you limit those situations, then you're a really good team. If you're playing in those situations a lot, this team's in deep caca. See, this is why I come to you. This is why I have you in my life on the podcast because you you have a therapeutic touch, <laughs> right? Uncle Timmy is just able to... Have some perspective, some calm. But put remember when I went at DeMar DeRozan and everyone got mad at me? Well, I don't think they'd be mad right now. Do you remember that? I do. All right. Sorry. I had to throw that in there because I'm not always therapeutic. There are some times where I have upset the fan base, even though in the end, perhaps I was somewhat right. Well, this is why you, you have a book. You should actually sell your book. The in youth we learn in age we understand book. You can just go get most of this stuff on the internet. But you, you, <laughs> put, that's it, what I you put it in one <laughs> nice place for people. So as we wrap, because you have to go and do your own show, mm-hmm. the thing that you actually get paid for. Mm-hmm. One thing that is on the minds of Uncle Timmy that you just a basketball thought to take that you, maybe it's half baked idea that you you just want to get off your chest as we leave. I'll just throw this out there because I think there have been questions about the Warriors and what they are, who they are, Mm -hmm. and if there was some flaws. They beat down the Nuggets on the road in Denver. They go back-to-back New Orleans, and New Orleans think they have a lead. And then Steph drops 41, and Kevin Durant has 15 rebounds, and Draymond Green has 14 assists. And they're going to add Boogie. Be scared. I watched Kavon Looney, and I'm like, that's going to be DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> that's going to be DeMarcus Cousins, which is not a net positive on defense. Like, they're going to have to change some of their defensive coverage. I, I don't think they can switch everything with Cousins in the game. But offensively, like, people are like, man, they really miss JaVale McGee on offense. That's probably true. But you know what? They're adding DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. Who, and every other team I'd be afraid of the integration. This team I'm not. Yeah. Long story short, it doesn't matter what happens with the Raptors because they will lose in the finals to the Warriors in four games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't saying that, but yeah, you get the point.
this has been fun, my friend. It's always fun. I uh, I appreciate when you have me in here. I was trying to look for another quote to end the podcast, but I don't I don't have any here. That's... So Jay Billis tweets out a young Jeezy quote every morning. <laughs> yeah. You've seen it, and it's yeah. just hilarious. You should just tweet something from your book. When uh, when Not... I started Instagram, like when I first started it, that's what it was. I was just doing that. And then I realized, ah, there's going to be a million people doing this mm. out here. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Although when I get the like motivational quote on Instagram, I just scroll right past, to be quite honest. All right, let me finish with this then. Uh, Daryl Cheney once said on how management could keep his Atlanta Braves teams on their toes. He said, raise the urinals. So I leave you <laughs> with that, Donovan. If you want to keep your podcast listeners on their toes... Just raise the urinals. Perfect. Thank you. (laughs) 